Begin the current Dav Mesechtas, but Metziah Dav Gimel. Begin eight lines down with the top of the Yomit, where the Gemara continues the theme of the previous Dav, asking regarding different Tanoim, if they're not feasible to be the Tana of our Mishnah. As the Gemara continues, Let's say our Mishnah, which again talks about a situation of doubt between two people, whether one, they're, they're both holding a talus, or they're both holding the animal, he says it's his, he says it's his, and then the halacha is yachliku b'shvua, they split it with a shvua, so the Gemara had first said that maybe it's not like bananas, then said maybe it's not like sumchis, now the Gemara continues that theme and says, let's say the town of a mission is not like rabiesi, why? Because if the town of a mission would be like rabiesi, rabiesi says, this is brought later on in Perka Mafka, Daflam and Aleph, regarding two people that deposited money of theirs by one individual. One guy gave 100, the other guy gave 200. Now, when they want to get their money back, they're both saying, the 200 is mine. Now, the Tanakhama says, each one gets only 100, because definitely each one has 100. The other 100, which is the 200 of whichever ones it is, is you put on the side until the other number comes, because you can't give it to one guy, because maybe it's really the other guy's. So, since it's doubt, we put on the side until Eliyahu comes and decides all the doubts that we have. That's the Tanakhama. And that's the Jabyesi, Imkain, if that's the halacha, Mahisid Ramai, what does the liar, the tricker, what, what exactly does he lose out? What is it, why would he admit to say, oh, you're right, you know what, I was lying. I'm not the guy that had the 200, I'm the guy that had the 100. He's getting anyways his 100, so why should he admit? There's no impetus, there's no, there's no motivator for him for, to, 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 to admit that he was the one lying. Ella rather says Rabbi Yehsi, What we do is we take all the three hundred dollars, put that all on the side until Eliana becomes. So that should cause a loss for the Ramai. Because now already there's a motivator. You know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I was lying because he's going to lose everything now. At least let me get his hundred. Let somebody come along and admit. And therefore it says Rabbi what you do is you actually put everything on the side until someone comes forth and admits, or else we'll wait till Eliana becomes and decides for us. Now the question is, our Mishnah then should be the same halacha. Where we have the same idea where we have one guy who's lying. It was really one guy's talus. Another guy says, no, it's mine. He says, what are you talking about? It's mine. So on that we have the same situation where it's a situation of doubt. And according to Rabbi Yaisi, we should say we should put everything on the side. Why do we split it with the Shavuah? We should put it on the side until Yonah becomes or one of them admits that he's a liar. So the Gemara says, so wait a second. You're saying the Tana of a Mishnah is like Rabbi Yaisi? Elamites, so what do you want to say? It's like Drabbanan who dispute Rabbi the Tanakam over there. But that asked the Gemara, Kivin Dami Rabbanan, since the Rabbanan who dispute Rabbi they say, Hashar regarding the case where one guy gave 100 and another guy gave 200. So each one for sure is getting back 100. Question was regarding the other 100. Rabbi says you put everything on the side. Rabban said, no, no, you don't do that. Each one gets 100 and the, and the second 100, that third 100 goes and is put on the side. So, and then I asked the Gemara, well, Hanami Kishar Dami, this situation is also like the other monies. Meaning, over there, it was the second money that they were, that they were debating about. Here, all of the talis is like the Sha'ar, because the Sveikihi. The doubt that we have is on the entirety of the talis. So, what are you asking? It's not like Rabbi Yisi. It's not like anybody. Because the Tanakam, the Rabban who dispute Rabbi Yisi, would also hold that when we have a situation where that's what they're being done on, Oh, that will be Munach Yahu. Well, then that should be the same thing over here because they're being done on the whole talis. Why should anyone get anything? It should all be put away. Now, on that thing, my response now. Hi, Mai. What is it that you're saying that it wouldn't even be like Rabbanan? It's not true. Because if we say the time of Mishnah like Rabbanan, 
Hasam over there in the case that they're discussing. This other mana, this other hundred, is most definitely one of theirs. We know one guy give two hundred, one guy give one hundred. So it cannot be both of theirs. It has to be one of theirs. And therefore the Rabban say, you don't say Yachloik, you don't say you split it. So you put on the side because you can't give it to one when it's potentially the others. Now, so there, you don't say Yachloiku. So Amrab, so Amrabanan Yehimunachat Shebliyah. So the Rabban say, leave it until Yal Nabi comes. But Hach over here in the case of our Mishnah, as we explained this concept in the previous stuff, the Ikala Mamer the Tavayahu, you could say that it's both of their talis. Maybe they both picked it up at the same time. Maybe when they both boarded, maybe the seller was agreeable to sell half to each one. Maybe they're claiming that all of it are theirs, but it's a possibility that each one really owns half. So Amrabana Pagivishwa, the rabbis would agree that you would split it with a Shavua. It's only over there where it's impossible to be both. Then they say, okay, we'll put it on the side. So according to Rabban, the Tanava Mishnah would make sense. But if you say it's like Rabbi Yisi, so let's look at this. If over there, where for sure from the $300, for sure 100 is one of this, for sure 100 is one of the others, and it's just the third 100 which is being debated. And still, since still Rabbi Yisi says you don't split it at all. You don't even give what's definitely to each one what's coming to them. And rather you take everything and put it away until Yom never comes. So here, as we just explained a second ago, that it's possible to even say that and still Rabbi Yisi says you have to put it all aside until Yom never comes. So hacha the ikalamemer the chaminayahu. So here, we, you, at least you could say we said okay, it could be both theirs, but you could say that it's one of theirs and that the other one has no portion at all in this talis. It's just a liar just coming grabbing a little along. Loy kolshikin isn't it most definitely that for sure we would say that you're not going to say yachleku if even when we know what is theirs they don't get to split because there is an element of that over here so all of it is put on the side see here we're for sure there's reason to say we shouldn't split it because it could be one of theirs then for sure we would say that you wouldn't say yachleku so obviously the town of mission is not like rabiasi so I think Gemara says nafel tam you could say that the town of mission is like rabiasi hasam vada ikarama there you're right. You were looking as the questioner was asking in regards to the monies. Yes, in regards to the monies, even what's definitely theirs, we say munach. So for sure here, what's not even definitely theirs, we shouldn't say yachlik, we should say munach. But that's in regards to the monies. But look at it from the person. There, in that case of the $300, there is definitely someone that's lying over here. Because each one's claiming 200 It can't be both give 200 We only have $300 over here. So there is where Rabbi Yisi says, Ramai, we're going we're gonna to take drastic measures. We're going to say nobody gets anything. So this guy who's lying will come to admit, and okay, so you're in the, right, I was lying, because he doesn't want to lose at least what really was his, which was 100. But who said over here that there's a liar? Like we said in the opinion Maybe they both picked it up at the same time. Maybe it really is true that they both have half, which is how they end up swearing. And therefore they should be able to split it with the shvu, and each one gets half. So therefore, although in regards to the monies, the questioner was right. But in regards to the persons, Rebus is not going to make this penalty because this whole halacha actually was a penalty to make someone admit who's the Ramai. That's only over there where it's definitely a Ramai. Here is not for sure a Ramai. Therefore, he would agree that it's not Munach and contrary. We're going to say Yachleku with the Shabur. Inami, or another approach. Hasam There, Rebusi made a penalty for the Ramai. He said, put it all on the side so that the Ramai admits. But in this case, might say the isle. What exactly is there a loss? 
let's say it really was one guy's talus, and the other guy came along and grabbed onto it. So he has no portion on it, if it's going to be put on the side, the lady that should make him admit and, and say that he's a liar because he has nothing in it anyway. What should he gain when he admits? He said, oh, you're right, I admit. Eh, really, I had nothing. I just grabbed this other guy's talus. <laughs> what do you get now? There's no, there's no incentive over there for any admission. So therefore, says the Gemara, that's the difference. The difference is over there because there's actually something you're going to accomplish by creating the penalty. Here, you're not going to accomplish anything because what? So what, are you going to put on the side? Go, put on the side, fine. Let him lose. I don't care, I'm not losing. I wasn't mine anyway. So therefore, we're not going to go ahead and do that because we're not going to gain anything. So that's what will be Yachalik with the Shavuot. Now, that the Gemara asks, That would work very well in the case, as we explained the previous up, there's two different cases. We said, And the Zerimah which the Gemara's conclusion was that it's two different cases. One's from the case of Metziah, which was how we were illustrating up until now. And then the case of Mekich Memcha, where each one gave money to the guy who's selling, one guy forcefully, one guy with consent. And now they're debating who was it that bought it. So, in that case, what are you going to be able to explain? Because as we explained the previous stuff, it's somewhere where the seller got money for this one item from both of them. Now, if we're going to say that the talis that they bought and the money that they paid will be then there is going to be a loss for the liar, meaning for the guy who gave the money forcibly but really was not the one who was allowed to buy it. And then he will admit to the truth so that he shouldn't lose out his money. So then there is a, an incentive over here. So what are you going to say in that case? According to Rabbi Yisi, it should be Munachat Shevaliyahu. So Elder Radigmar says, you're right, Machvarta, it's clear, Kedishonimikar, it has to be like we gave in the first answer, that it's because it's not for sure a Ramai. Because it could be that both of them picked it up at the same time. It could be that the seller was agreeable to sell it to both of them. And that's why here it's going to be Yachleku Bishvu and Kantras over there, where for sure one of them is a Ramai. That's why it, it, you say Munachat Shevaliyahu, because we want to put some pressure on the Ramai that it'll make him admit. But not like the second tarot, because the second tarot was saying that there's no incentive. There is an incentive like the case over there, in the case of Mekkech Memcha. But the Gemara asked now, Now that we introduced this opinion of Rabbi Yisi, which we thought maybe the Mishnah would not be like him. So the Gemara asked, according to either one of their opinions of Rabbi Yisi and Rabbanan, the question is, The Gemara wants to know, because we said both Rabbanan and Rabbi Yisi agree, that by the Mana Shlishi, the third Mana, which that's the contested mana, then that's going to be Munachat Shebeliyo. The Homachlikas was regarding the other 200, if even that is Munachat Shebeliyo. But the Gemara is according to both of them, regarding the Halacha Mesech Teshvuz that we learned, regarding a storekeeper that has a ledger, and a, a, a homeowner came and told him, he said, look, you know what, I have workers, pay them from your store, and I'll pay you back. And now, they both come to the owner and they say, you owe us money. Why? Because the storekeeper is saying, I gave it to them. And the workers are saying he never gave it to us. So they're both claiming from him, now he wants to, now they're making him want to pay double, because each one is claiming that what they're saying is true. So the Mishnah there teaches us that each one swears, each one opposite of what the other one's claiming. Storekeeper swears he gave them the food, and therefore he should pay him up, and therefore he collects from the homeowner. They swear that they didn't take from the storekeeper, and they collect from the homeowner. Now the question is, the Gemara is asking, both according to Rabbanan and Abiyasi, why don't we say as follows? According to both Rabbanan and Abiyasi, since this is being contested, this exact money, it ha- has to be on this money that it's not both theirs. Either he gave it or he didn't, or they didn't take it. So let's say we should take out, let's say it was $100 worth that they had to be paid, and he's claiming he gave them $100 worth of groceries. They're saying we didn't take anything. 
Let's take the hundred dollars from the balabais. And this should be put on the side until Yolam never comes, or one of them admits that he's a lawyer. Because you definitely have over there on that one mana, you have a Ramai, because one of them is lying. So both of them agreed that when one of them is lying, and this is what is being contested, that it's Munach. So why do we say over there that they both could swear to the homeowner and collect? So Ami, they said, the reason is that they both could swear and collect is for the following reason. Because the storekeeper tells to the homeowner, look, I was doing your agency, your messenger, that your, your job that you told me to do. You told me to give your workers money, as you told me, and I did that. So what do I have to do with your workers that with their claims that they're saying they didn't take it from me? Even though they're swearing to me that they didn't take from me, they're not believed to me. I don't believe them. Bishvua, even with an oath. In other words, I say, he's a liar. He's a wicked guy. I, I know I paid him the money. Now, I don't have to believe someone with an oath in a forcible situation, unless if I had originally believed him, how so, by, let's say, depositing something by him, or making stipulations with him, making an agreement with him, then I have to, since I w- was contractual with him, I have to believe an oath in regards to something that I had dealings with him. But, I have nothing to do with him. Atamante, you believed him. In other words, you messed up. And I don't have to lose that because of your messing up. Because of your mistake, I shouldn't have to have that. My money should be munachat shebelio. Because the lawyer, you didn't tell me I have to give it to him with witnesses. You told me pay him up money. I don't know who this guy is. I don't believe this guy. I never had him work for me. He worked for you. But you told me to pay him. I paid him. Now I did your job. So now go ahead and pay me. Now, the same contesting is done by the worker. He tells the homeowner, he says, look, I worked for you. What do I have to do with this guy? I, I have nothing to do with him, with the storekeeper. Even though he swears to me, he says, I swear I gave it to you. I don't believe you. I don't know who you are. That's where they both swear and collect from the Balabais because they're not litigants. They have nothing to do with each other. Yes, he told him to pay him, but he says, I don't believe him. And he says, I don't believe him. What do you want from me? Well, you're the guy I'm working for. You have to pay me. And until the homeowner could tr- prove otherwise, he has to pay them. In contrast to the case of Rabbana and Rabbiesi, where here we have that there was a trusting agreement between the, the one that they were depositing the money with we're here, they could say, which each one, look, I don't know who's the one that's the 200. I can't give it either way. That's going to be Munachat Because you're both contesting over the same money, and therefore we can't, I can't give it to either one. But here, it's something in regards to the, 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 the liabilities and the responsibility of the homeowner that I did your job. You have to go ahead and pay me. It's not that I'm debating with him. We're both debating with you, and you have to give us what's rightfully ours. Nothing more continues with a halacha that's going to relate back to the halacha by Mishnah. Tan Rebchia, taught the, the following halacha in the Braisa. If someone says to someone else, money li there's a money, money is an amount of money, that, that I have that's by you. You mean you owe me this money? The halaymer, the other guy says, I have nothing that, that of your money that I owe you. Now, money is a hundred. And now witnesses, at least they testify that at least half of that, 50 zuz, is owed from this guy to that guy. So says the Braisa, so he definitely has to give him 50 zuz because his witnesses verifying that he owes him 50 zuz. 
Now, v'yishava al hashar. Now, he has to swear regarding the other half that he doesn't owe him that other half, which is like the halacha of moidi b'miktsas ha'tayna. The shvur da'iraisa that's called where you have to, if you admit to have to claim, but deny have to claim. So the half that you admit, of course, you have to pay. And the half that you deny, you have to take an oath that you don't owe that amount. Which, that's a biblical shvur, as the Gemara teaches them, the shvur, and the words kihuzeh, which says that this, but not that, this part that, that, you're owing, that you're admitting and part that you're denying. Then you have to make a shvur. Now, although in this case, he didn't admit to anything, but we have witnesses on part. And that's the chiddush of this b'raith that's saying, that it shouldn't be that the admission of its own mouth should be greater regarding making an oath on the rest, from the testimony of witnesses that creates an admission to make a chiv shvu on the rest, from a kavu chaymer, as the Gemara Ahmed basically explained, what is the kavu chaymer? Now it says, the b'raith, the tana, the tana of our Mishnah, tuna, supports my halacha of this b'raisa, says Rebbechia. Why? Because we learned in our Mishnah, Shnaimachs, metalas, two people are holding on to a talus. This guy says that I found it, this guy says I found it, and the halacha of the Mishnah says is that both of them make a shvua and then they split it. Now, explains Rebbechia, Vahacha, over here in this case of the talus, even the toughest, since each guy is holding on to the talus, Anan Sahadi, which is a terminology we use, although we don't have literally two witnesses coming and saying that it's this guy's, but when someone's holding on to something, it's what's called anan sahadi. We, the world, we testify. It's like the whole world is screaming testimony. Whatever guy is holding on to is a testimonial that it's really his. Because that guy's wearing a jacket. Oh, maybe it's yours. No, that's, we, we, we testify if a guy's holding on to something that it's his. Now, so too, my the toughest high, and what the other guy's holding on to, meaning... Half, who that it's his. Why? Because he's also muxik in this talus. He also has possession by holding on to it. Now, what the mechanics of what's happening is, is that each guy is claiming the whole thing from his friend, saying, no, this talus is all mine. He's saying, no, the other guy is saying, all talus is all mine. Now, his friend is denying all of his claim. He's saying, no, kula shali. And actually, even what you're holding on to, he's telling the, the, the plaintiff, is actually mine too. Now, we, again, as we said, we testify regarding this that each one has half. So essentially what's coming out is one guy is claiming the whole thing from the other guy. And the other guy essentially is denying the whole thing because he's claiming it's all his. Now we're testifying that although he's denying all of it, but he's admitting that half of it is the other guy. Meaning that the witnesses are saying that, no, but you owe half to the other guy because of his chazaka in the talus, which is at least up until half. And what we see is, is that we require the other guy to make a shvua on the rest, meaning the half that he's keeping for himself. So you see a halacha of although the guy is not admitting, but we are making like an admission, because we are the witnesses saying that no half belongs to the other guy. And we see that that's requiring a shvua on the other half to say that no, that it's mine, and that I don't owe that to you. So you see this halacha, that although the guy didn't admit it himself, but if witnesses are making that admission, that then they shouldn't be any less than the guy's own admission, which would mandate shvua on the other half of that claim that he's denying, that he has to make a shvua. Now, the Gemara wonders, What is this that the, <clears throat> the Bryce is trying to say, 
that, that you don't think that the testimony of a guy's own admission is any greater than the testimony of witnesses, as we'll see because of a Kavachemer. In other words, the question that the Gemara is asking is, why would we entertain to think that, that it's true, that that person's own admission would be greater than the testimony of witnesses, that the Tana, the Brites, had to tell us, oh, from a Kavachemer, that it's not like that. That actually the Haidah's Piv is not greater than the Dalai Satan. Why would we have thought that it is, that we need a Kavachemer to say that it's not? So that the Gemara says, no, you shouldn't say, that actually we would think that it's only when the guy admits himself to have to claim, that's when, oh, that's when the terrorist says, okay, now you got to take an oath on the other half. And which this logic would not apply when witnesses have testified in half. Because the rabbi, like Rabbah says, Rabbi, Rabbi says, why is it that the Torah said, that when the guy admits to half of a claim, he has to take an oath on the other half? In other words, why don't we consider it like what's called a Meshav Aveda? When a guy returns a lost object, the Allah is, although the guy says, hey, I lost something worth 200, the guy says, look, I found something worth 100, I'm giving it back to you. He doesn't have to make a Shavu on the rest because, look, I didn't have to admit anything. I could have kept it on to myself. I'm doing it. Be happy. I'm giving 100, which I'm claiming what I found. So the question is, this guy could have denied the whole thing. And he, would have, he actually would have been exempt from a Shavu Dairaisa. He's admitting to half. So why when he admits to half? Now only then does he have to make a Shavu. Why? Be thankful that he's admitting to what he's claiming, which is half, when he could have denied the whole thing and it would have been high of anything. So that explains Rabbah. The reason of this is as follows. Chazakah, there's a presumption. A person does not have audacity to deny his creditor. A guy says, hey, I lent you $1,000. dollars what, what $1,000? A guy usually doesn't have that audacity. Now, Now, so the truth is, however, that this guy would like to deny the whole loan, the whole deposit. Now, but this that he doesn't, as we just explained, because a person doesn't have the audacity. He can't. He can't go ahead and deny the whole thing because he really did borrow money. Now, as we continue to Medbez, the high, now this guy, which there's a little bit of a problem over here, because you might say, well, he, but he is denying part of it, so you should say that since he's suspect regarding the money, and that's why we want him to swear, so maybe he should be suspect regarding the oath. Meaning, what's the point of making him take an oath on the other half? What do you mean? If he's denying and, and you're, suspicious, you're suspecting him that he's lying, so if he's lying, then he might just swear falsely. So what's the point of making, putting an oath and then, oh, as if he'll admit? So that is what the, the Gemara is addressing, saying he's not suspect regarding the money. Because truthfully, he willingly would be bakuli by delightly. He really wants to admit to the whole thing. Now, why doesn't he admit to the whole thing? It's actually because he's just trying to avoid and to evade his credit because he doesn't have money to pay up right now. Savar, he thinks, he thinks, look, I have to do what it takes until I get money and then I'll pay this guy up. So, what the Gemara is explaining is, is that we have reason to believe that, he's, that he really owes the guy the money. Why? Because, you're right, there's a fundamental difference between being made mixes and denying the whole thing. Denying the whole thing, we have reason to believe he doesn't owe because the person wouldn't have the audacity to totally deny the guy. So therefore, that's why, oh, he's admitting a little bit, uh, it seems like he really does owe money. So we're going to be Mechaev and Meshuvah. But then the question is, wait a second. What's the point of being Mechaev and Meshuvah? Is if he's denying the money, so then he'll deny and lie on the oath too. And then we're saying it's not really true. He wouldn't because he just needs a little push. Because he would admit to the whole thing. As we see, he doesn't have really the audacity. He really would go ahead and pay up the whole thing. It's just he doesn't have the money. He's trying to avoid the guy. So that's what Amr Rahman, that's what the Torah says. Ah, oh, 
Ramish out. That's why you should impose an oath on him, that he should admit to the whole thing. Because really we know he owes the whole thing. He's just being avoidant by admitting to half of it, and therefore, once he's going to get off the hook, he'll, then he might just never end up paying. That's why we have an oath that, no, we want admission, you owe the money, now we're going to, we're going to try to see what, what it takes to get the money out of you, but that's the reason for the halacha of my Mikzah Satayna, that is a Shavuot der Reis. Uh, that explains the Gemara. But when witnesses testify that he owes half, then you don't have that whole logic. Because actually, in this case, the guy denied the whole thing. So then we should say that since he's suspect regarding the money because he denied everything, so then he should be suspect regarding the shvua. Meaning, when the guy admits to part of it, then you could say, okay, he's just trying to be avoided, but really he would admit to the whole thing, and therefore he's not really suspect. So therefore, there's a point of making a shvua that will push him to, to admit. But this guy, he's denying the whole thing. This guy's really suspect regarding the money. He doesn't obviously want to admit because he's totally denying everything. So then we should say, that Therefore, I would think to say that you would not make a shvua when witnesses are making, are making him owe half of it. That's the chiddush of the b'raisi, that you're right. There is that logic to say that maybe but in spite of that, the kavachaymer is stronger than that and that says that if a guy's own mouth is making him liable for a shavu on the other half, then for sure when witnesses are making him liable on half, then for sure he has to take a shavu on the other half. So the Gemara asks, my kavachaymer, what is the kavachaymer? That if a guy's own admission makes him chayv a on the other half, for sure when witnesses. So the Gemara says, umapiv, if regarding a person's own mouth, his own admission, which does not make him liable to pay money with his own admission, which the Gemara is going to explain, still, that would make him liable for an oath on the other half, which he's denying. So regarding witnesses who make him liable to pay money regarding what they're testifying, isn't that a kabochimer that they should make him liable for an oath on the rest, which he's denying? Now, the Gemara just asked, What's a kavachayim? He said, because a mouth, a person's own admission does not make him liable for money. And that's where it's kal versus eidin arachamer. But we have a b'raisa in the Tesefta, in the, this first parak above Metziah, that is brought this Talmudic dictum of a person's own admission is like a hundred witnesses. Of course he can make himself liable to pay money that is admitting. How are you saying that's the kal? That the that the Edom Achamer to say that therefore the halacha that we're talking about would for sure apply of Maidemiktis to Edom, it's not true. There's no cow by a person's own admission. He is chayev with his own admission. So the Gemara says, no, my mummy, what do we mean by mummy, by money, that a guy's own admission, he would not be chayev, it's referring to knas, a penalty, something which is not exactly the amount of damage, it's not uh, actual hefs that the person had, it's uh, a penalty, something that which oynes or mafata, different halachas, which it's, a, it's not a, exactly for the amount of the damage itself, that the halacha is, umapiv she'emachai v'knas, if a person owned admission, he's not liable for a knas, as the Gemara teaches in Baba Kamadav, ayin himadalf, from psukim, that it says that the person, if he's moed v'knas, he's potter, as it says in the Pasuk, asher shirin alakim, that which the judges will make him liable, which excludes when he's marshias atzmeh, when he makes himself liable, the knas is going to be potter. And still, even though it's kal in that way, he makes himself liable for an oath on the part that he's denying for the part because of the half that he admitted. So the witnesses that are more chamer, as we see that they make him liable for a knas. Isn't a kabochimer that he's going they're gonna mechaiv him for a shvu for the rest? Now the Gemara asks, no. Yes, although in that regards, 
that Edom al Mohammer than than a person's own admission, but Mala Piv Shakim Khaiva Karban. There is a Khumra that Piv has that Adam doesn't have, and even that would upset the Kaval Khaimer, because it's not only Kal and Khamer, because here is a Khamer and Kal the other way around, so you can't make a Kaval Khaimer. Because a person's own admission would make him liable to bring a carbon, as the Pasik says in Mayikrab is Vada Shachata, when he admits that which he sinned, Vehibi, then he brings a carbon. In contrast to witnesses who, if he denies their claim that they're saying that he did something wrong, he's not going to be chayav a carbon. As the Pasuk says, or becomes known to him, which the Gemara darshans to exclude but now when other people let it be known to him, meaning if he's denying what they're saying, then he's actually not chayav a carbon. So it's not a, a straight kal and chaymer, because actually Piv has a chaymer over Edom. And therefore maybe this halacha might be miktis, Yishav would only be by Piv and not by Edom. So that thing where it says no holakasha, that doesn't refute the Kabbal Chaimer, because Rebchi Yikrimeir Svirli. Actually, Rebchi holds a Grimeir, who Rebchi is the town of this price that we're talking about, the Amr Eidim Achayven Nisar Karbin Makabal Chaimer. Because actually, Rebchi holds that witnesses would make a person liable for a carbon, even when he denies them from the Kabbal Chaimer. Because the Nan, we learn the Mishnah Sechtis Krisis that talks about this halacha. Amr Loishnaim Achalta Chaylev. Two people tell a person, by mistake, you ate the forbidden certain of fats of an animal, which is a person, a carbon. He says, no, I didn't eat. He's being machish, and he denies their claim. Remeir mechayev, Remeir holds that he's liable, macham paitin, and the say that he's exempt. Now, Amr Remeir, Remeir says, he explains the kavachayim, why the person is going to be chayev a carbon. He says, if two witnesses, if they claim a person did something deliberately b'mezid, they could actually bring him to the death penalty, which is more stringent. You don't think they can make him liable for a carbon, which is more lenient, that the guy just has to bring a carbon, it's not even the death penalty. So of course, when two witnesses are saying that he's chayv a carbon, of course he's going to be chayv a carbon. That's a kavol from Misa. So Amalaya, and that, uh, that the Chacham responded to Remeir, said no. Ma, Emir Tzalayma, what do you see if this guy would want to, this defendant, this guy who they're claiming did something wrong, if he wanted to, he could have said, Mace it easy, I did it deliberately. And then, Yipater, he would be exempt, because a carbon's only on a shaygig. If he claims he did it in a worse way, let's say he did it deliberately, but since there wasn't hasra, and there wasn't witnesses, maybe there were witnesses, but there wasn't hasra, they don't know exactly, they didn't warn him, so then he's not going to be chayv misa, so he could exempt himself. So even when he says that he's denying them straight out, and he says, I didn't eat, they say that the Chamsei is going to be exempt because of what's known as Malay Lashakar, which uh, it's, it's, uh, gives us a power of claim, which is, why would I lie? If I, you know, I, I could admit to you what you're saying, that I ate it. And anyway, I'd be exempt from a carbon, because I could say I did it deliberately. So therefore, believe me, even when I say, and I deny their claim, and I say, I didn't eat to be exempt, and they were the Chamsei that he's going to be exempt. So that's their machlikis, but one thing the Gemara says, Rebchi is like the Penyar Mayor, who says actually, yes, the witnesses would be machayv a carbon, and there's no churma that Piv has over Hadas Edom. But Ella rather, the Gemara says, okay, then a different question. Ma'ala Piv shekei machayv Asham, maybe Piv is mochamer because it makes a person chayv for Asham, in contrast to Edom, because this is in the specifically Asham, related to the Gemara's next question too, regarding somebody that takes an oath and denies money and he takes the oath regarding a monetary claim, and then he admits, which the Pasuk then says, that anyone that swears falsely, etc., is chayv or carbon asham, that's only as we see when the guy admits it himself. And it's not halacha when witnesses come. So maybe that's a stringency that Piv has, and maybe that's why he has the halacha, which would not apply to hadas edem. And that says, asham 
is a carbon asham, which therefore that really goes back to the same thing. Yes, or May would say, and therefore he would be like him too, that witnesses would also make him liable for the asham of, even though the Pasuk says only through your own testimony, but the Kabbalah tells us it would apply to witnesses too, because they could be mechaiva person or carbon. But Ella rather the Gemara says a different question. Which is not a carbon. There, which is, that's the other halacha, there's two halachas when the person swears falsely regarding monetary claim and then he admits where he's chayv a carbon ashen and a chaymish, meaning besides the principle that he has to give back now he, that he admitted to, he has to add on a penalty of a fifth. Okay, that's not a carbon, so we don't have a kabbal chaymish for that. And therefore, there we would see a chumrah that Piv has over Adam and therefore now you can't say a kabbal chaymish anymore. So I think Mar says, no, Halikash is not a difficulty. On that, Rebbechi, a Kirimeir Svili, even in that regard, Rebbechi would hold like the logic of Rebbechi to say that that just like we see, if two witnesses can make a person liable the death penalty, so therefore he can be him a carbon, so to the same thing would apply that he can make him liable for a chaymish through the testimony of witnesses, also from the same kabbal chaymish, because if they can make him liable for such a bigger thing, for sure they can be him for a chaymish, and therefore actually, although the Pasuk is talking about his own admission for the asham and the chaymish, the same thing would apply to Adam. So again, you don't have any churma that Piv has over Adam. But the Gemara still asks, but Elamala Piv, but there is a churma. Because if we find by a person's own admission, he cannot, he does not, he does not suffer the, the, the constraints of being denied his claim, or of actually having Hazama refute what he's claiming. In other words, if let's say this guy admits to somebody that he owes him a mana, then witnesses, witnesses come along and den, refute what he's saying and say, no, 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 it's not true. You don't owe him a mana. He wouldn't be exempt on that because that's the Allah that we said before that I just but then Adam dummy. Now, Taimer Be'edim, but contrast that with witnesses. That for them, their testimony is not, is not solid in the sense of that they could be refuted and they could be huzam. Because if let's say two witnesses come along after these witnesses said what they said and refute them or do hazama to them, which they say, hey, how could you testify that that happened over there in that place on that time when you were with us at that time somewhere else? Where then, the, actually, the Allah would be that he wouldn't have to pay based on their testimony. So therefore, we're back to the question, there's no more Kabbal Chaimer for a shvu of Maitim Miktis that say, wait, if, if a guy's own admission makes him liable for, for making a shvua, then which is Kal, for sure, Hadas Edim, which is Chamer, for sure. Not true. Not totally Chamer and Kal, because Piv has a Chamer over Edim that does not crush and Zama, and maybe there, since he has that stringency, maybe he has the Allah of Maitim Miktis, Yeshava Alashar, in contrast to Edim, that could be refuted, and could be Huzim, maybe that's why they don't have the Allah of Maitim Miktis, Yeshava Alashar. So how do you know, again, back to the question, what is this Kabbal Chaimah, Rebbe was saying, that you would make a Shvua on the rest, of when you have the half admission through the testimony of witnesses, Sayala so asks you rather, the Gemara says, you're right. We're not going to learn it out from a person's own admission. Rather, we learn that the Kabbalah Chaim me eid echad, from the testimony of one witness, which is as follows. Uma eid echad if the testimony of one witness does not make uh, the defendant liable to pay a monetary claim, but but it makes him liable to take an oath, and that is, if, let's say somebody claims by his friend, there's a mana of mine by you. And the other guy says, it's not true, I don't know you anything. And one witness comes along and, and testifies that that guy is chayv to the other guy. The Allah is, he has to take an oath to refute that one witness. Because as the Pasuk says in the Varm test, it says, It says that a, one witness cannot stand up to a person for any sin or any iniquity. So it's regarding that 
that he can't stand up. But as the Gemara Shavuot of Memonav says, but the testimony of one witness could stand up to require an oath of the defendant. So if eight echad cannot be mechayiv mamon, but it's mechayiv shvua, so edim two witnesses she mechayiv nois mamon that holds the defendant liable to even pay money in addition mechayiv nois shvua isn't a kabochaimer that he can make a mechayiv a shvua and therefore that's why that's a kabochaimer that we know that the Allah might have this that there's a shvua would apply to edim too. Now that the Gemara asks, wait a second, mala eight echad? How could how could you compare the two? By the testimony of one witness, how can you learn out the halacha? of the shvua by two witnesses from the shvua of one witness because the halacha by one witness is shakina mashu who made who nishba what the one witness is testifying which is this guy claiming he owes him a hundred dollars this guy's denying the hundred dollars or one witness comes along and says you owe him the hundred dollars now what is that guy's shvua now what's his oath his oath is to refute exactly what the one witness is claiming his claim is being refuted by this guy's shvua but as we continue top of Dalman of how can you compare that to the Shvu that we want to be for these two witnesses? That this guy's not swearing on what they testified. That he's only actually it's only one on what they did not testify. Because what they testify, he's chayiv right away. Because Shamasha Kafa Hunishba, it's on what he's denying that he's swearing, not on what they're testifying. And therefore, how do you know to be stringent that much to extend the halacha from eid echad to two eidim? You're right, two eidim is definitely more stringent than one eid. But that's only the eid echad being mechayvah shvua and what he's claiming. He's actually being refuted, the one eid is being knocked out of the park by that shvua. So again, yes, the eid echad to be at least a shvua for what he's claiming and that guy's refuting him. But by the two witnesses, that doesn't really... That doesn't really extend there because two witnesses, of course, in regards to what they're claiming, they're no less than the Eid Echad. Because actually they are much stronger. Their testimony is actually being Mechayev, the defendant. Because this guy had claimed he owes them 100 and this guy's saying, I don't owe you anything. The witnesses say you owe 50. Actually, that 50 he has to pay because two witnesses have that, that strength. But how can you extend to say that even what they're not claiming which is the other 50, they, they don't know anything about that. We, all we know is about 50. Other 50, we don't know. How could we say that their testimony is going to be of the defendant, to make a shvul on the rest, which they didn't testify? That you don't see from Eirech, and therefore that's where Agamur concludes, and we'll continue on the next stuff regarding, so what is this Kavachaymer? It can't be from Piv, as we said, because there's no Kavachaymer, because there is a Chumrah that Piv has over Hadas Eid, Mugratz HaKash HaZama, and also you can't learn from Eirechad, because Eirechad is Mechayi B'Shvul on, on what he's testifying. Here, by the two Eidim, you want to be able to make a Shvuah, even on what they're not testifying, that you don't see from a Kavachaymer, from Eid Echad.